0: This is Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. Welcome to episode 12 of Realty Talk with...
1: Ellie. And Jordan.
0: And Galen. That is right. We have the uh, Galen Trombley Show slash Realty Talk uh, producer, Jordy on. She's also on episode 9, I believe, right? Of Galen Trombley Show. Yep. And... Um, she was here and it's April Fool's Day. So we wanted to fool y'all and have Realty Talk with the three of us. Um, so we're going to go kind of a little round table with different topics. The first topic will be Miss Ellie. What do we want to talk about, Ellie?
2: I just wanted to complain that there's nothing on the market right now. No it's listings on the market. ruining my life.
0: What? Uh, how, so how, how are things going right now?
2: They're going... So give, more-
0: give, give the listeners an update. Uh, we got to move that phone. Oh, that's nice. That we got we got to give the listeners an update. Um, what has now? Because we're going into month four, mm-hmm. so what are we at right now? Like, what, what give give them kind of a, a, a rundown, a, a rundown of your first quarter.
2: Um, so first quarter, haven't closed on any homes. Okay, I have. I feel fairly comfortable with with working with clients and talking with clients, and I have a handful of people I'm working with. The, issue i'm running into is that there's very little on the market so a lot Mm. of the times um they either can't find what they like or they find what they like and we submit a showing request this actually happened to me again today and before we even get to look at it it has been pending yeah
0: it's just so what are you you finding in regards to pendings like how far out are you requesting showings
2: usually not too far out like the within the week um but this one i requested it friday for next saturday because that was their next available time just because they have a busy work schedule and okay. I, so yeah
0: okay so it's on the client yeah. more so because of time wise yeah yeah um okay so now what has been your experience so far um in regards to like how many active people are you look, working with right now Probably only a couple, right?
2: Maybe three or four. Yeah, okay. not not a whole that's, lot.
0: That's, that's decent though. Yeah. Um. And what has been your experience with meeting people? Because I know you've gone to a couple networking events with me. Um. What has been your experience with that? Positive, negative. Positive. I. I. I mean, you met. You've met some people through that.
2: Yeah, and and I mean, a couple of my clients, I guess, I met through networking events. Um. Mm-hmm. And like. They're, they're amazing, but I like, I don't know. I like going to those events. I like meeting new people, even if it's not necessarily in a, um, beneficial to me business wise way. I, there's just a lot of cool people. I feel like every time I go, I meet more people and those people mm-hmm. you just meeting more people and it's just kind of building so, off of itself.
0: So, so that, that to me is going to be huge. Cause I, I've been able, I, I was, I was told you before, I really didn't start doing that for until like two years ago mm-hmm. to be, I mean, to be real really honest probably two years ago um which i kicked myself that i didn't go seven eight years ago yeah um so the fact that you're doing this three months in when i was seven years in when i started um you're already heading i mean it takes time yeah i had a little bit of a base but it takes time like anything like asking questions and people bring stuff up and then like all of a sudden someone says yeah you know we're kind of looking to buy yeah how do you approach that how do you approach it in a networking off kind of like not pushy not like salesy kind of approach which is a fine balance between like just jumping in and saying oh i'll find you a home well okay like like pull back cowboy you know what i mean like you had a there's um th- there's certain things that or ways to approach people especially at kind of a networking event where mm-hmm. to be honest nobody really is going to a networking event to be sold
2: yeah of course nobody's
0: doing that and i think the the worst people at networking events are the ones that run around throw their business cards out Say, oh, I can help you find a home. Yep. I went to the last business business uh, networking thing. And to be honest, probably talked to 50 people. Mm-hmm. Some really good conversations. Some people were people that I knew that I just said hi to, chit-chatted for a few minutes. Some were people I brand new. What was really cool is when people come up to introduce themselves to you mm-hmm. and you don't know who they are. Yeah. Or you might kind of know who they are but you never spoke to them before and they come up to introduce and say hi. hey you know what you've been doing is cool i like what you're doing yeah Um, blah 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 like i mean but all good stuff like that's ultimately what you want to get to is where you now get to the kind of the level where people seek you out which i'm just kind of getting into that which is really really cool because i think it validates a lot of stuff that i've been working you know years to to get to yeah Um, but i think you're doing well um i don't think i sold my first home for Six months, and to be honest, (laughs) I actually know I I, it was May, it was May when I closed, but it was a piece of land from a girl that I went to high school with, so it was a a relationship that I already had. So it takes time, um, and to be honest, that kind of fell in my lap, meaning it wasn't like something I would say I earned. I mean, I guess I earned it because I knew her for 20 years, yeah. Um, it just kind of things like that. So I think I think you're doing well. I I think what's good about this is, though, is anybody that's listening you know, like I said, it, I always say real estate is not the easiest industry to get into. People think you're going to get in and like start crushing. And it. it's like the people that I really look look at are the ones that have a longevity to it, mm-hmm. that have been through the good markets, that have been through the bad markets, that have been through the sellers and the buyers and um, that are still doing 15, 20, 30 years later. You know, to me, that's a, a source of longevity. To me, I'm going on 10 years. So I think I'm going to get into that realm of like i've weathered this kind of like the harshness of it yeah um because it's not an easy industry to get into and i'm very upfront with anybody that comes in that you're not gonna day one kill it in real estate yeah absolutely not and you you can do very well if you really grind it out and put in time and stuff but i think you're doing it like I, i think you as you do the little steps the little steps build on you know and then they turn in the big steps and it's cool. So yeah, so I think in homes will come on. Um, they already are starting to come on more frequently. Check. Oh
2: yeah. The w- warm weather's bringing it. Yeah. Just yeah. check the
0: MLS every day. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to get to the point, especially if you know some very active buyers. Like I look every day and there's some people that I'm showing a lot of homes to very frequently. Mm-hmm. I'll call them. I'll text them. I'll be like, hey, house came on. Let me know if you want to get in, but we should get in like tomorrow or the yeah. next day just because the homes are going going very quickly. Um, so you're doing well. Keep it up. Thanks. I think I think it will be good. So. Yeah. Um, now, Jordy, what was your topic?
1: Um, Ellie wanted to know what it's like to work with you. <laughs> so. And you
0: said it's the most amazing thing in the world and I wish I could do it 24 hours a day.
1: I think he's yeah. paraphrasing. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so what did you really say, Jordy?
1: Um, no, I really like it. I like that I can come in whenever or do some of my work from my apartment, you know, if it's editing or whatever. I like that I can wear whatever I want. I don't have to wear a tie because I felt like such a boy.
0: This this was at the, you had your, previ- your yeah. previous employer? Yes. Okay.
2: Where was that? I have to know. Anthony's. Oh.
0: They, they all dress up there.
2: Oh, I didn't know. I, I
0: mean, we dress we. We dress up, but I, I don't need, I don't need Jordy to like, she can like lounge around a little more. Cause you're just kind of hanging in the office mm-hmm. or, or at home, whenever, wherever you kind of need to work. Yeah. So I keep going.
1: Okay. Um, and I like that I get to come in and talk to you about whatever I want. If I'm ranting about school or Which is every day. Whatever. <laughs> Which yeah. is every day. Yeah. Um, but you do talk a lot. Okay. Like when I'm trying to leave, I'm like, okay, I have to go to class. <laughs> to, be, to be
0: fair, to be fair, you talk a lot when you're here. When I'm trying to get work done. Yeah. So it, it it balances out. Yeah. You can just say I gotta go.
1: Well, I do, and then you're like, well. I I
0: don't. When you say I gotta go, I let you go. Like I don't. I don't sit there and like. I don't talk that much. I, do feel, I, to... I feel uncomfortable. Jordy, Jordy, Jordi, like I'm just gonna, gonna like leave. An intervention. <laughs> J- Galen, J-
2: we brought you here. <laughs>
0: J- 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 yeah, J- Jardy's like, yeah, actually, yeah, you, you have, you a, have a problem. I mean, I think most people would say that. I, talk, I, no, I wonder how many words I say in a day.
2: But you don't talk over people. That's the, the key thing that not means to. someone talks too much. If you talk over people, it's a problem, but you don't like. I really do try that. not to. Yeah. Like I
0: actively try to listen and not talk over, which is funny because doing the podcast has helped with that. Because when you're talking to somebody for two to three hours. Yeah. There's times I have depending on the on the guest, but there's times where I just let the person talk and mm-hmm. it's like act, and then you got to actively listen, which means I'm not just like jumping in and over. <laughs> well, yeah, daydreaming or like if they, I got to be able to build off of their conversation. Yeah. So keep going, Jordy.
1: Oh, that that was it. That was it. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I, I think the the good thing about Jordan, um, she's been this is what starting month four. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Jordy has worked, um, she's done some stuff for the office. Um, she's done a lot of editing for me, for a lot of the stuff that you guys see social media wise. Um, I can pump out a lot of content and information, but I just don't have the time. So Jordy is kind of, um, Jordy is the, the one that kind of keeps us, you're, you're kind of like the, the paddle that keeps the boat going where I think I'm like, a, I, sometimes I could be like the barrel going off Niagara Falls and Jordy just <laughs> instead the the nice smooth smooth paddleboard that she, just kind of side to side that make sure that we actually get there safe. So Jor- Jordan does all of that. She does the podcast. Um, she edits the podcast down. So I got to talk to her after this podcast about maybe extending her role a little bit, potentially. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and no, I think that's good. You've been doing very well, Jordy. I'm very impressed. Thank you. You text me all, all hours of the night asking about editing questions, which is fine because you can edit at midnight. I don't care. Like, as long as, like, I, I'm just big as, as long as you get your work done. I don't really care when you work, where you work, what you look like. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't make you work on vacation. No. So that was good. She was like, "I can do. it. I know I'm better than you at doing it. It would take my." And I said, "No, Jordy, it's a much education. You're right. You're right. But I'm gonna let you, you know, do your thing." So, so is that is that your topic? We're done. Mm-hmm. It was overall good though. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, Jordy. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> The recruit the uh, the interview process was very hard too for you yeah 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 i basically just said jordy can you do it And she's like yeah so but you've been good so you've learned on the fly so I'm, I'm happy with that decision uh the other thing so my last topic was jumping in so we had ellie we had the first first four months first quarter real estate agent to jordan who assists a real estate agent and then my perspective on how do we price homes which get more in the weeds here a little bit but the when you go to price a home so i've been doing this a lot over the last couple couple weeks with people that are either have already listed or are future listers in the next few weeks um, how do we price a home how do we put value on a property how does that change how do you know we've talked about assessed values which are you know how, what does the assessed value mean what does the asking price mean or listing price what does the appraisal price mean um, so I'm just going to kind of break it down. I'm going to try to do this fairly quickly and in somewhat layman's terms. So so Ellie and Jordan's eyes don't gloss over and you guys stop listening. But the couple things, the assessed value is for your taxes. What people need to know about the assessed value is the assessor does not come into your property. So a lot of people say, "Well, how come the house they're asking so much more over the assessed value? They could have done work to the inside of the house. They could have remodeled a bathroom, a kitchen, finished off the basement." Finished off a bonus room within the house that the assessor does not know about. Last thing someone wants to do is go brag to their assessor that they dropped thirty thousand dollars in their kitchen, Uh, because guess what, your taxes will go up. But instead, people stay hush to keep the taxes lower. God bless America. So that's, (laughs) uh, but that's that's why your uh, assessed value is just for your taxes. I really don't look at your assessed value. It does not have any bearing to me as to what your purchase or what the asking price of your home should be. I bought a home back in October and I paid $40,000 over the assessed value. And it was actually $10,000 under our appraised value, which I'll get to. So I, I think we did very well in that situation. Um, the, the appraised value is what the, an appraiser, that is somebody that is an independent um, kind of contractor that works for the or works to value a home for the bank to put a value on it to make sure that the bank is not over loaning on the property, which they don't want the bank to make a bad investment. So the appraiser will go into your property or go into the house. Um, they are a much more exact figure, meaning they already have the contract, they have the purchase price, they know what they're trying to, um, to actually get value wise for the bank. Um, you can't get more exact than an appraiser, an, an appraiser's value um but on the flip side the one thing that's different between a value that we would put on the property versus the value an appraiser puts on the property which i find is the appraiser already has the numbers laid out they know what the value of the house is going to be and then they can make their adjustments to you know comparable homes to figure out what the value of the property is as a real estate agent i do the same exact thing but one thing we're actually missing is the purchase price value so it's almost like trying to come up with an equation but one of the numbers is missing and, I, and and what happens is I think I mean obviously I'm biased but I think that takes a lot more skill um, because we don't have all the numbers in front of us we are really looking at trends in the market we're looking at the market in general we're looking at location we're, we're, we're looking at you know how do we think the amount of buyers or what style of home or price point or in this certain market in this certain area in this certain town um, where we think the value would be. Then we go into pricing strategy. Do we want to maximize the price? Do we want to minimize days in the market? Do we want to have multiple offers? Like all these things. And then again, you're taking into consideration when do the sellers have to move? When do the buyers have to, or when would, we don't really know when the buyers would move pricing the property, but when do the sellers have to move? Like, do they have to move quick? Do they have to move? Do they have some time? Do they have a place to go? Do they have to find another home and close on a home before Closing on this value, our property, um, then then you got to look at okay the condition of the property. What type of loans could we get on a property like that? I went to a house today, you know we're kind of looking in the low hundred thousand for um, the property. So then we have to talk about FHA and USDA loans. You know it, there's things that will come up in the appraisal that will stop people from getting that, but we don't want to not be willing to do that because we don't want to um, you know accept uh, you know a conventional loan or only accept. Accept a conventional loan because that really limits the amount of buyers that can afford that or that will actually look at that home I apologize. I said I would not be going I'll be doing layman's terms I just threw out a bunch of bunch of random terms. The girls don't know because they're just days. I really went off on a. Oh, you're fine. I I was like I'm gonna do this quick and on a a quick and layman's terms, but I'm really going like very very like in the weeds of this but um, So your value values for taxes your appraised values the value you put on the bank so then it comes, how do we, as realtors, price your home to sell? So again, I know there's adjustments and stuff that the appraisal will use. I know there's adjustments that the assessor uses based off of whatever they need to raise for the levy, tax levy, um, but I think our job is, there's kind of an art to it because we don't have all the numbers. We don't have all the figures. You know, we're not, <clears throat> you know, when, when we go value a property, there's a lot of human emotional attachment to it. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of factors in timing. There's a lot of factors in how much does the person owe on the property. When the value goes to the bank, they don't need to know any of that. They literally are just valuing the houses versus other homes. So you take a lot of the stuff that we have to factor in, they don't have to factor in. So I find that that's a to me a much easier way to arrive at a number versus us trying to really figure out you know the value of a property. So. With all those factors that I just talked about, meaning location and timing of buyer or the seller and, and how much they owe and you know, what's the quality of the home and condition wise, I act okay, so how do I go about finding that number? First off, I bring comparable home sales, meaning either in the school district, in the town, depending on where it is, if it's located on Cumberland Head. I will try to stay more in Cumberland Head than I will if I wanted to go out towards like down 374, which is still the town of Plattsburgh and um, the Beekman Town School District, but I really try to put it on a Cumberland Head um, Avenue. If I'm doing something out in Schuyler Falls, I might be a little more limited because it's a little more rural, Moores, Altona. Champlain. Certain places are a little more limited. City of Plattsburgh, I stay within the city. I can pretty much stay within the city, within the style, within the square footage, and get five to ten different um, type of comps. So I always bring sold homes, meaning they actually sold on the open market, not asking price, not anything like that. They actually sold. Now, what I also do is I look at, so I kind of have an idea from that, what are the pending homes that are similar to that what are the active listings that are similar to that why do I do that I need to know how many buyers are out there so how many homes like this have closed within a year that gives me okay so these homes are actually moving in this price range you give me a three hundred thousand dollar listing up in Morris Forks yeah we could have some trouble selling it because there's only so many that have sold up in that area you take a two hundred thousand dollar home in the city of Plattsburgh okay we have comparables you know so I look at the active to also give me the competition. Okay, we're putting it on the market. How many other homes are in this price bracket in this style that we're up against that other buyers could choose over this property? Then, okay, so what I did, I did the, okay. Then the other one, if I think that maybe the buyer or the seller, sorry, the seller wants to list maybe a little higher than what they should, I also bring expired listings. What do the expired listings tell us? Okay, well, I can look at the expired listings and see when what price they started at, how how long did they do, or how often did they do price reductions, how many days on the market, to show them, hey, maybe you want to list at two hundred thousand, but all the homes are selling at one seventy, and all the homes between one eighty and two hundred thousand that would be very comparable, have been on the market for six months to a year and haven't sold. We know you're overpriced. Let's not waste our time. So there's a lot of I look at factors like that. So that's like what I use as data. So I have the comps, I have active listings, I have pending listings, and I, I can bring the expireds just above and beyond where I think the property would sell to prove that it's not that high. Now a funny thing happens when you bring out actual numbers and facts to people. Their perception gets a lot more in tune with the actual market. I've, I think I've done a very good job relative to most agents in the area of actually selling listings where I see a lot of homes go expired. I do have some homes that go expired, but it's very rare that I actually have homes go expired because I think I I really slam down the amount of I do a lot of research on homes, so I don't just like go and just pull a number out of my ass kind of thing. Sorry for everybody, but that's not <laughs> visual, but that's really I have a good, you know, I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. Then I factor it into the seller's actual need, why are you selling? You know, what's our time frame for selling? You know how close are we to your budget meaning you know are we selling at a point where you're going to be coming out of pocket to make the deal happen or are you going to have a pretty good cash flow at the end of it that are a cash flow but like equity that you will walk away with in pocket that's the other thing too Is i look at what's the net what are you actually walking away with not necessarily your sale price but what's going in your pocket so we take out closing costs take out existing mortgages take out all those numbers to get you a value so when you walk away when you when you walk away from the sale, you know exactly what's going in your pocket. Um and then it depends. How are we affecting a purchase? Are we looking to purchase another home? How much money do we need in order to make that purchase? So there's a lot of a lot of factors that go in. Now talking about it, I that's might seem overwhelming. Ellie's probably like, You okay with that? I'm like yeah, or, I'm like overwhelmed in my mind, but I think what hap- was happened over you know when you deal do with something a lot like What's necessary actually pops up to the like a lot of that's just like
2: I think that's that's pretty clear that that's one thing that was covered pretty extensively in the class like none of the terms like it's
0: you so you understood all those uh, yeah
2: absolutely so
0: I think and a lot of it comes down to intuition my gut feeling on a lot of stuff like there's times I look at I might say go higher or go lower I just had I can't wait till this thing closes I've got I've been getting so much shit from from other agents on this so I listed. Um, I can't go into detail, but if all things play out the way they're playing out, a lot of agents will be very surprised with the, this home selling at the value that it's selling at. I'm excited.
2: High or low?
0: I can't. I don't want to go into too much detail. But the, 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 what's funny and what I always I always like is when I get when I basically get other agents thinking that I'm wrong on the value, and then I'm actually extremely right on the value. And I can't wait. We're not going to talk about it now because remind me when this actually closes because then I'm going to talk about it because it's like a little like brag I got to do. I don't brag often, but when I do, this is because I I just think that this is like a good. I'll tell you about off air, but this will be this will be a good one. Um, I just like it. It's kind of like I don't I don't like throwing stuff in people's faces, but I just like them seeing it and knowing that it's like
2: that they were wrong and you were right. Yeah, I don't say anything. I'm not going to call (laughs) these people out. I'm not going to like
0: shoot them a text or an email. I'm just going to be like they'll see it they'll see yeah they'll, pro- they'll probably reach out to me too and then say sorry you were right but whatever it's fun. but um that's how i price homes i don't even know if i covered the whole thing if you're if you're not like falling asleep right now after all that but i really enjoy it i mm-hmm. find it fun i do find it like kind of like a there is an art to it for sure um and we haven't even got into like talking about staging homes to increase the value oh you don't even want to i really nerd out on this stuff folks so um, this actually gets me really excited, but we'll do that for another podcast. We'll talk about staging, how people can increase the value of their home by putting in very, very, very limited amount of money in time. I think people would like to hear that. Maybe that's the next one. Remind me okay because you know i won't remember that for the next topic next i'm gonna be way.
2: like galen i have this great idea i want to talk about this i know i am
0: like oh you are super smart i didn't <laughs> hear that so um i think that's there um i don't want this to be our longest realty talk podcast so we're gonna stop there Jordy, you want to say anything else because this was your first time ever on this this is the first time we've ever had a guest we might we might bring on guests i think that'd be kind. Cool. we should yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think it'd be good Jordy, anything any perspective
1: no i mean i'm honored to be your first guest
0: okay would would jordi would you ever like to sell real estate
1: Maybe. Really? I mean... Jordy, I mean,
0: this is a changed woman right here.
1: I mean, I thought about it like when I was younger because I always oh. liked houses, but... Oh, okay. I don't know. Well,
2: she said maybe, so now you have to do it.
0: Do you think my job's cool every day? Yeah. Be honest.
2: I do. I think it's different. Like, <laughs> Different is not what, what, something what, what, you say when it's what's cool.
0: <laughs> what do you think would be the best part of my job and what do you think would be the worst part of my job?
1: Mm, like, I, why would
0: you want to do my job and why wouldn't you want to do my job?
1: I would want to do it because you get to like help people like buy and sell their homes and you get to like see homes so that's kind of cool Mm -hmm. but I don't think I'd want to do it because um you work a lot of like odd hours and you're always really really busy and I know you get that like with any
2: job but not with any job no with ones that pay well usually yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you get in what you put out, right, Jordy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Input output. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to stop there. Ellie, anything else you want to? Any other bombs, knowledge bombs you want to drop?
2: I wanted to change up the seating, but Galen wouldn't let me.
0: That, he made that, me that move. That, Ellie was sitting in my seat, and I've done every podcast.
2: He got very upset
0: in this seat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know why, because like, it doesn't really matter. I guess it's just because the. I think it's because like I've just used this setup, and I'm used to it being. Because I write right-handed, so that's why I have it here. And I think,
2: I don't know. One of these days, I'm going to be, sit in that chair.
0: To be honest, I think I actually like looking at here because it's less distracting than if I look over here and I see the pile of crap on my desk. Actually, I, I lied. My desk is actually pretty clean right now. But it is. It's very clean. Right now, it is. I, there's not much over. It's don't a, give me that look. There's <laughs> it's not, a very clean desk. There's not much over there. But I think I really think I've sat here because I get less distracted there's not as much to look at at this wall so i can focus in actively listening to my guests and ellie ellie how was your hockey game this weekend
2: it was good okay. we lost
0: that was your first nhl game Hmm. cool it
2: was i want to go to more but we should
0: go to a Habs game i think you'd have fun
2: absolutely i, I mean the Habs I'm... games are phenomenal they're yeah. a really good time yeah
0: if you ever been you i been love there? hockey i mean have you ever been to the bill center for no. anything like sport or uh, music or anything Brittany's up there. Actually, tonight.
2: you know what? I might have gone to the Bell Center for um 21 Pilots a few years ago.
0: Ooh, that'd been a good show. It was a great show. Do you show. want do you want to hear a fun fact, fun story? Yeah. This is weird, full circle. So sorry, this might actually make our longest one, but it's fine, it's all good. So two years ago, we went on a cruise, and I do like 21 Pilots. And Gina likes 21 pilots. Or enough that she would go to a show. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, they're playing in Albany. So I'm like, let's get tickets. And then I found out we were on a cruise with a bunch of people. So I'm like, oh, God, whatever. We didn't, we didn't go. Not, I mean, not a big deal. Cruise was more fun. But so then, trust me, this has, a, this has a story. So then we go out on the cruise. We meet a girl on the cruise who was in the, the, um, she was one of the, like the actor, musician, theater people that they do the shows throughout the week. Um, super nice. We're still in contact with her. She was a great girl. So we're sitting there, and she comes off, and we're hanging on the beach one day. So they came and hung in with us and like our group, and we're chit-chatting with her. And we're like, she's like, yeah, so my my boyfriend is like a rapper. And I'm like, really? So that's kind of cool. She's like, yeah, he's actually touring right now with um, this this guy named – have you ever heard of John Bellion?
2: Yeah. Is she dating – okay, never mind. Go on. Yes, I know who you're talking about.
0: The, the, the John Bellion guy. Yep. So she's like, she's like, yeah, he's touring. She's he's touring with John, B- or he's friends with this the John guy. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't really know him. And she goes, well, yeah, they're actually on tour right now with Twenty One Pilots. And I'm like, are you are you kidding me? And she goes, she goes, yeah. And I said, they're playing tomorrow night, like two hours from our house. And I was like, we were going to go to that concert if we weren't here. But full circle, we met her. We actually met her boyfriend last year. He was playing. I think we went over to higher ground and he was playing. And we went over and watched him and met him and hung, like, first time we ever, actually ever met him. What was his him. name? Um, Hakim is his real name. What was his? Black his? Keys? You know He played the Black Keys? Well, not the Black Keys.
2: You can't say Black Keys and that's his that's name. A... Black...
0: no. It's not the two guy band. Okay, that's <laughs> so what I thought really you were good. talking
2: about. I was like, that's not a rapper, but they're good. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah I haven't heard of Black Keys now.
0: Black, Key. Black Key, Black Key, I think he's good. I got his album. So he's he's a rapper. He's a yeah, legit. I believe it.
2: Yeah. Do you know John
0: you... Bellion is? Yes. He's we're good friends with him.
2: Yeah, so he's got to be pretty good because that's a good group.
0: Yep. Yeah. So that's him. Mom. Full circle. So that's cool. So I know them through them. So like, but we you like go to the almost show. know a famous
2: person. Uh, yeah, so I was, like, I was like three
0: separations away from Twenty One Pilots, even though I was going to go to the show and just watch them. So cool. That's a weird, weird story. So we're going to cut this before his thirty minutes. Sorry, we're out. Bye, Ellie. Say bye. Peace, Jordy. Bye. And we're out three seconds before th- actually. And bye.